Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today we're talking to Mayor Cromwell. She is an internationally known Gaia mystic and high priestess, visionary, healer, and award-winning author. She's committed to birthing the new earth and loving in earth is another phrase that you use. Mayor has studied with Native American elders for 26 years and channeled messages from Mother, Earth Mother and the Great Mother Bible, which is her third book. Her first book is titled, If I Gave You God's Phone Number, Searching for Spirituality in America. Mayor, thanks so much for being here and for chatting with us today. Um, How did you open up conversation with Mother Earth? We're all kind of trying to get her number (laughs) and trying to talk to her, but you're the only one I know of is actually able to hear her. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) I do know some other Gaia mystics, too. I'm not alone. Yeah. Good. Um, First of all, thank you for having me on your show. I'm really thrilled to be here. Uh, So the story about how my capacity to communicate with mother really um, happened in June of 2012. And I already had been an environmentalist for years and studying with a Cherokee teacher for 14 years. But um, I actually was diagnosed with lymphoma late May 2012. And four days after that, I was committed to meet with an Algonquin medicine man. And he had been asked by Gaia, he calls her Gaia, Mm-hmm. So he's he's a Gaia mystic also. He had been asked by her the month before for the two of us to do a ceremony together for mother. And he um, asked me if I would do it because that was a request from mother or from Gaia. And of course I said yes. And then I had this diagnosis a few weeks afterwards and I still knew I had to be there. There was nothing going to stop me, even though I was pretty upset and scared. And so I uh, met with him. And we did this ceremony in a forest right on the edge of New England, northern Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And he said to me just prior to the ceremony, he said, I'm going to be bringing Gaia's energy and consciousness into your energy body, but I don't know how you're going to disconnect afterwards. And I immediately said, I'm not concerned about what's going to happen because I know my life is to serve mother. I already know that. And Mm -hmm. so... What happened then is we did the ceremony. How did you, can I ask, how did you know that? Just deep in your gut or was there another way that you knew? I've always had this huge passion for the environment, mm-hmm. you know, and that we needed to really shift our ways. So at the time when I was in college and doing environmental work and got my master's in the University of Michigan in natural resources, I wouldn't have said that I'm serving mother. I more was looking at it, I'm helping to save the planet. Mm-hmm. But then I fell in with a Cherokee teacher and was with her for 14 years. And that's when just talking about mother and really understanding that we have this amazingly powerful planetary caretaker became very foremost in my cosmology and my belief system. And I, I you know, I've, 
yeah. So I feel her energy and obviously I've been able to communicate with her. But let me let me continue with the story. So what mm-hmm. happened was right after that ceremony, uh, I heard this voice in my head and I knew it wasn't my thinking, my thoughts. And the voice was, if you surrender to me, to the extent I will ask you to surrender, I will help you heal from the cancer without the doctors. Mm-hmm. And she had me, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm there. I'm there because I was terrified of, you know, what were they going to make me do chemo or really hardcore drugs or, mm-hmm. and so, so that's when it started. And then it just hasn't stopped. <laughs> and what does that mean? Complete surrender. That when mother asks me to do something, I do it. We have this deal because what happened over the next 14, 15 months was that I did heal from the lymphoma without the doctors. And the reason I knew that is I had a gallbladder attack in the fall of 2013 and they did a CT scan and it showed that all the lymph nodes were back to normal. And I had been avoiding my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he contacted me because um, he wasn't there for all that, uh, you know, the procedure. And he said, how did you do this? He said, this is amazing. Mm. I said, well, <laughs> a lot yeah. of ceremony, prayers, changed my diet, emotional work. But I knew it was mother. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had this arrangement. And so when she asked me to do something, there are times I balk. There are times I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. That's a really a big project. Right. You know, that's like a lot she, of courage. To- well, but you know, facing cancer takes a lot of courage too. It does. And walking away from the medical establishment takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, that is true. I mean, I just had such faith in mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was talking to me. She kept me very busy. She still does keep me really busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so I call it courage, call it, it's surrender. It's spiritual surrender. Mm -hmm. What did she have you doing? You know, while you, while she was healing you, what did she have you do? Well, the first project was, um, and this is where it got kind of interesting really fast is shortly after, like a week after, no, even like four or five days after that ceremony where she started talking to me, uh, I was, I went to a healing session with a healer that does music evoke sound evoked healing and at the end of the session she played the recording of waves on a beach and i know we've all heard that's very meditative Mm -hmm. and so when it started to play at the end of the session i immediately felt this very powerful dolphin energy coming into the room and i was like whoa and i just knew immediately this was dolphin and i asked this woman we replay this because something's going on here and then she replayed it and then it was whale, like the whale came in and they gave me the message, you must go to the ocean, you must go. And I live three and a half hours away and it's, so it's not that hard for me to get to the Atlantic. I live in mm-hmm. Maryland and, you know, a week later I was in my car and I went to the ocean and I stayed in the hotel and I did ceremony the entire time. I got kicked off the beach doing ceremony, but mother on the way to the ocean, driving there, I filled my car up full mm-hmm. with diesel. I had a little TDI VW, and I filled it up full, and it stayed on full for 110 miles. And I looked at my gas gauge going, 
something really interesting is going on here. And I started to get a lot of anxiety because I thought, oh God, it's broken. I need to get it fixed. Yeah. And, and then I was leaving off my savings at the time. And, uh, but then finally it started going down normally. And I said to mother, I went, you must be doing this. This is you, isn't it? She said, yes, this is so you can trust me. I'm taking care of you. Wow. Yeah. So, so when I was at the beach, um, stayed in a hotel, I was there for, I guess, three nights, four days, something like that. Mm -hmm. And she just started giving me all this information. And one of the main things she said was, I want you to put the other book aside that you're writing. I had, I'd hired a writing coach and everything. I was working on another manuscript. And she said, I want you to write messages from Mother Earth Mother. She gave me the title. And then she said, and here are the chapter headings that are going to be in this book. She just gave me all the chapter headings. And then she gave me the full message for one of the chapters, which was her message to us women, you know, our beloved two-legged women. And what was the um, message? Oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll kind of make it a, give you an abbreviated sort of summary. Yeah. Uh, one is how much she loves us. Mm-hmm. And two is uh, how much she misses us honoring her. Because women all honored the mother, you know, right. pre-Abrahamic religion times. And she misses our ceremonies. She misses our hearts being connected to her. And she knows that we've been through a lot. And she just has so much love for us and healing energy when we tap into her. Did she, we lost her. We, we as women stepped away from her. But did she step away from us too? No. How did we lose her? How did we lose her? Because I grew up in a family that, um, well, I was brought up Catholic. And at birth, every one of us, um, every one of us um, was dedicated to the Virgin Mary. Every one of the girls was dedicated Mm -hmm. to the Virgin Mary. And, And, you know, but then along the way, I guess just became much more patriarchal. You know, then it was Jesus. It was very little Virgin Mary after that. But the woman mm-hmm. at the beginning of our lives, it was the Virgin Mary. So it's like the divine well, feminine. Yeah. So how did um, how did the well, divine we, feminine step back? I guess is you know how come she didn't fight she, for her spot? <laughs> oh, interesting. You know, I guess she never wanted. Yeah. She never wanted to step back, but we have to go back in history some 5,000 years or so and look at the roots of the Abrahamic religions and the patriarchal systems. And as my Cherokee teachers say, the angry God religions. Mm-hmm. And there, on, honestly, I'm, I'm convinced that it was extraterrestrial in, um, involvement. They were influencing the roots of the Judaic traditions. They were the ones that were encouraging these warmongering men to go and destroy the temples and to build their churches or their synagogues to start with on top of the sacred sites that were devoted to the mother, the goddess within those regions. Mm -hmm. So there was a very um, specific, and I really think it was directed from off planet to 
weaken our connection with mother and to bring in energies that have been trying to destroy the planet, you know? And so we're, we're shifting all that now. There's a huge shift underway, but a lot of this is waking back up to the mother. Mm-hmm. And so this is, this is my view on it. I know I'm not alone with this, but I mean, temples were destroyed. Goddess temples were destroyed. Right. And the mother was reduced to, uh, you know, like Earth and Mother became a fairy tale. And the Virgin Mary herself, who's a very powerful spiritual being, mm-hmm. and she's part of my spirit team. I love the Virgin Mary, and I work with her, and I call her in a lot. And, um, you know, even she's way diminished in the Christian tradition. And then Mary Magdalene, that's a whole other story, because that was a time when Christ was living, where a very powerful feminine being or human was with Christ, and very, very close and very, very gifted. And yet the church made her into a prostitute uh, to really diminish her role, you know, and they finally apologized for that. I just want to (laughs) see that. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, no, the Catholic Church did. I mean, but I've gotten messages from Mary Magdalene, too. I mean, she's Mm -hmm. really powerful. But there was a strategic effort over the centuries and centuries and centuries to take control and to have our cosmology within the dominant world religions being Christianity, Judaism, and the Muslim faith, Mm -hmm. that the mother doesn't really exist other than the Virgin Mary. And was that just a power thing just to, but why? So you're thinking it's more ET, you know, that that a power came in and they wanted more war and more, you know, the male kind of thing. But why did they want to destroy the planet? Why did they want to destroy the feminine? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I know, deep. We're going Uh, to do a deep dive. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Earth has always been meant to be like a paradise. Earth has always, but not just a paradise with biodiversity that's so beautiful and amazing, a paradise as in really high vibrational spiritual um, energies. Uh, And this has not been on the agenda for denser beings that have been coming in from off planet from the get-go, from the inception, the creation of our planet, Uh, even though the divine plan for Earth has been to, the way I've heard it worded is a galactic outpost for spiritual consciousness Hmm. and actually like a retreat planet for other highly evolved, highly um, high vibrational spiritual beings. But other beings were not interested in this. They didn't want this happening in this part of the universe. They have thwarted it. There have been numerous times that ascension has been attempted here on Earth from so many teams from our planet, too. And it's been thwarted all this time. This time, it's not being thwarted. This time, we're going to make it. Uh, We are going through a chaotic stage right now that's really not fun. Oh, uh, <laughs> but but there really has been an agenda of some denser beings to block it. And part of that agenda more recently, because, you know, the planet's, what, 4.8 billion years old, is been to really seed these religions that are warmongering, that don't bring forward, you know, the divine feminine and the divine masculine 
together in sacred balance, the harmony, you know, just destroying the ecosystems. All of it. it yeah. All of it. Yeah. But, but, you know, from what I understand, there have been times over the history of the planet that there's been really horrendous stuff happening long before humans ever evolved. So this is just another phase we're going through. Mm-hmm. But really, gonna, go ahead. Are we going to survive? <laughs> you know, because uh, I mean, there are times where, um, I mean, I just talked to somebody up in Nova Scotia, and they said the the there was a storm that came in and wiped them out that came in a totally different direction that has ever come in before. And um, she explained it to me as if, you know, I'm in Denver, so storms come west to east usually, sometimes south up, and that's when you get the bad storm. Never do they come from Kansas City, you know, you know, west. And she said it was like that. And that's what we're seeing, like a completely different world than we've known. And, yeah, and there's a lot that's happening yeah. that is shifting, and it's it's from the human lens, it's disturbing and really hard for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and but to get back to your other question, are we going to make it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really up to us. My my sense is that there will always be some humans that make it, um, but there's so much resistance on the part of most of us and our our political systems, our economic systems, yeah. that that is not helping. It's not helping at all. It's like all of the efforts with climate change um, activists and how governments really are not responding the way they should have been three decades ago, not oh, to mention I now. Five but I, but I wanna, decades, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to I wanna mention something. Speaking of storms, Mm-hmm. And how strange the weather, uh, if not extreme, the weather has been um, becoming. And I really deeply love and respect the nature spirit realms. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't realize is that there are very, very powerful nature spirits who are kicking up major storms. I mean, they are full throttle change is happening now and humans you need to wake up Mm -hmm. Uh, and on top of that all these huge storms are clearing denser energies because we're really good in our human realms for most of us of being mired in the denser emotions right and the violence and the crime and you know not to mention despair and, and depression and anger and uh and so these storms are clearing a lot of those energies multidimensionally, which is needed on Earth to birth the new Earth. Which is great. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a lot of hope there. So yeah, I'm thinking, no, oh, really, this yeah. Is- <laughs> I mean, but it is hard if you're right in the middle of the path of the hurricane. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, it's interesting because um, uh, I don't want to get too far afield with this, but like Hurricane Ian that hammered Florida. Right. There should never have been houses built on Sanibel. Yeah. You yeah. know, these are barrier islands. I'm pretty certain Sanibel is a barrier island or similar to one. Um, and it's, it's just wrong. It's, it's really unwise mm-hmm. to have houses there and to have houses so close to the shoreline anywhere. Right. Um, 
So, you know, we're not the wisest um, group of beings on the planet. I, I think we're getting dumber by the day. <laughs> well, I don't know about that because there are a lot of very amazing people who are, mm-hmm. are being born these days and have been born over the past few de- decades who are incredibly awake and enlightened and they know why they're here and they're here to birth the new earth. And the people call them crystal children or rainbow children. They're different names. Um, but there's a huge awakening happening right now. It's absolutely huge. But we have to shift our ways. And, and the reality is that the planet, Mother Gaia, will always heal. Like, mm-hmm. it, it really makes me mad when I read these um, headlines or even these um, uh, calls for fundraising from environmental groups. And they're like, the earth is dying. I'm yeah. like, no, <laughs> Mother <laughs> is not dying. She will always heal. Always. It's just we're in this little blip of time where she's not happy. And that's actually one of the messages in that first book with her that I did that summer, right after she sent me to the beach and had my car go extra miles, you know, on a full yeah. tank. Is yeah. She's like, I am not dying, but I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. But, being, but, you know, I, I actually have to say that I wrote that with her. Um, she wrote it through me in the summer of 2012. And since that time, mothers actually become happier and happier and is celebrating a lot of what's happening multidimensionally on the planet that are not in the human realms because the energies are getting higher and higher. And there are teams and teams of beings coming in from all planet who are supporting her, not to mention, you know, there are nature spirits who have been hiding in the earth's crust for several thousand years because energies got so dense and Mm -hmm. we used to work with them. We used to co-create with them. We used to be very close with them. And they're re-emerging because the energies are getting high enough that they feel safe to come out. This is huge, but this is not in the news, you know. But it doesn't feel like it either. I mean, you know, we're we're watching a war in Ukraine that most of us don't even know why this started. Yeah, I mean, it's like somebody woke up one day and said, I think I'm going to start a war. I mean, can it get worse here? Well, I think think we know who that person is. Yeah, Um, yeah. But but still to watch it, we're in such a chaotic world. We've got, you know, we're just coming out of this pandemic, which blew all of our minds. And then uh, economically, we're the whole world is kind of unstable right now. And then some guy decides to throw a war. This is insane. (laughs) And at the same time, to me, it almost looks like Earth is waking up and stretching. And in the stretching, all kinds of storms and and earthquakes and volcanoes. And it's almost from deep inside this is coming up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of these things are going on and it's, it's, I know it's a blip in time, but it's my blip (laughs) and it's it's pretty frightening. And and you on a soul level chose to be here now, as did Mm -hmm. I, as did everyone else who's alive right now. And, you know, mother never went to sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not, so when you said it feels like she's waking, you know, the prophecies, the native prophecies talk about how we're going through the times of purification. Yeah. And this is what's happening. And when you think about it, the, all the economic chaos, how, how has the economy, the dominant world economy served mother? 
Has Mm -hmm. it ever? So it needs to change. It needs to crack. And the challenge is for these changes to happen with ease and grace. But there's so much resistance. And and it's understandable why there's this, because this is what we know. It's really hard to shift it. Um, Especially when we don't get anything to shift it to. You know, well, like, except that there are some brilliant minds who have been working on a new ways for the economy to work. I mean, there's this restorative economy, mm-hmm. restorative systems. We have to restore everything. Everything that we've done to the planet needs to be healed back up again as we heal our rapport, our relationship with mother. It's, it's really waking up spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's waking up that everything around us is sacred and sentient and incredibly intelligent. And it's time for us to wake up to this. We knew it at one point, thousands of years ago, we knew this. Right. When we, we were in we, communication ourselves individually. Exactly. And when we we're working so with the nature spirits. Now. Yeah. Yeah. We got dumbed down. Oh, big time. So now and, the invitation is wake up again. Yeah. But in the waking up, how is this going to happen? Because we're still going to go to get in our car and drive to a job. We're still going to turn our heat on and not live in the elements. You know, we're still going to, and we know that there are better ways and not even electric ways. There are better ways to have transportation. Mm -hmm. There are better ways to have plastic. There's plastic that doesn't need to be um, oil-based. You know, I mean, there are yeah. ways, but I don't know. It, it's like, you know, yelling in the wind. I don't know that anybody's going to hear it. or. Well, there it. are people hearing it. And some of these things are becoming more mainstream. But I think I just read a quote from a, um, an Aleut elder. He's actually, his tribe was Anungan, um, lived, grew up in the Pribilof Islands. And he spoke about the, uh, the, the prophecies. And in almost all of the native prophecies, prophecies, they talk about how we have to come back to the wisdom of the indigenous peoples because they know how to live. They didn't mm-hmm. create all this waste. They didn't need all this energy. Um, and there are a lot of brilliant minds working on this. There are people who are creating eco-villages. They have been for a couple of decades, but they're cropping up more. Um, you know, it's a step-by-step transition that we have to make, but we have to have the will to do it. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel like we're taking these little baby steps, and Mother Earth is taking these giant leaps. <laughs> well, and there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that um, because she needs to, and this is the time we live in. Mm-hmm. And is I it- don't have. She doesn't give me all the answers. You know, I'll be really yeah. honest. You know, uh, I don't have a crystal ball. Because what I do understand and what I hear from her is that everything is in a state of flux. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if like even 20 more people today made some big shifts in their lifestyle to living far more simply and closer to the earth, that's going to shift. It's like the butterfly effect. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to shift the energies around the planet. So the question is, is that we have to get out of our comfort zone and we have to make the commitment. And a lot of people are. How, let's say I'm, I'm living in Denver, um, which is a great place. I mean, talk about Good. beautiful nature. You know, I mean, it's a great place. 
But at the same time, how would I shift enough to make any kind of a dent? You know, I mean, I can go from plastic to to glass in my water bottle, but mm-hmm. the truth is, is I'm still getting in the car and, and you look around yourself in that car, most of it is plastic. Most of it is oil-based plastic. And to me, oil is our biggest problem, you know, both taking it out. It is a huge, it is yeah, a huge problem. And, and the um, products that come from it don't get broken down. And when they do, they pollute. And frankly, you know, our own bodies are being transformed by oil-based products. You know? So so to answer your question, I mean, this is where there are a lot of resources for people who live in homes, live in apartments. There are um, kind of checklists of where does your energy come from? Mm-hmm. What is your transportation? Like, do you have solar panels on your house? And yes, there's an environmental cost to the solar panels, but it's it's a diminished environmental cost compared to fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a really there are a lot of really good resources that have been out for a while. I mean, I, I did my master's in the late '80s, and even then, there were primers on how do I live more environmentally friendly? How do I live more sustainably? Where does your food come from? How local is the, your food grown? Is it all organic? You know, you just there are these certain categories in which you can go through your checklist and then make the commitment. And some of these mean really stepping out of your comfort zone, like like even simplifying where you live. Can you live in a much smaller space? Uh, these are the questions that a lot of people have actually been already pursuing and are doing. Mm-hmm. But not many. You know, it's mostly on the edges. Well, um, maybe more than you realize, but the hard thing is that our economy is based on this illusion of growth. mm -hmm. Like we need bigger houses. We need bigger cars. If you go to Europe, like I have good friends in the Netherlands. I've been doing events in the Netherlands for a number of years and everybody bikes there Mm -hmm. and their houses are much smaller. They have trains that go everywhere. I have a friend who's got four children and two of them are... um, seven and under and she doesn't own a car yeah she's got an e-bike and she's got a little trailer for the one of the children so the that child's in the trailer and the other one's in a little bike seat behind her Mm -hmm. and she's going seven kilometers a day to take them to school and she's used to it this is how she lives so this is how they grew up too it is very you know that's what they are used to and they also live closer you know, um, when I went to school in England, um, everything was smaller, but everybody yeah, was closer yeah. too. We've you lost know? the village, the village lifestyle. And, you know, right. and honestly, I don't know that we really ever had, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to say in my lifetime, I don't think we ever had the village. Well, we did you know? 100 years ago. You know, well, not that 150. Old. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're that old. Yeah, yeah. So, no, we did. We did. Right. But and I mean, since World War II, we haven't. You know, we have, we get in the car and we will travel 10 miles to go to work, you know, without much thought about it. Mm-hmm. In Europe, they really don't. They don't no, go that no. far. Their oil you know, prices everything have been is very. Than- Right. And and they actually don't even have as many people as we do. (laughs) When you go to Europe, it's a lot less crowded than the United States is. 
Well, you know, I know that's yeah, kind of crazy, that's a, but it seems to be. That's yeah, depends on where you are. I mean, there are a lot of open spaces in the United States still. Um, but I, you know, I just want to speak to um, there are so many people waking up. There are so many people mm. shifting their ways. There's so many young people who are so committed and they're living in group houses and they're not buying the American dream. The American dream right. has not been working. And so there's just so much hope with what they're doing and how they are making these commitments. And, mm-hmm. you know, I live very simply. This is actually a studio apartment where I live. I got a Prius car that's a used one um, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it really is a question of will you make the commitment? See, I have a very small footprint as well, you know. Um, that's great. Just because I don't want to clean big, you know? yeah. I just don't see a purpose, honestly, you know, but um, majority of people don't. They just, and, and would never think of it, you know. Well, I think, unfortunately, they're being forced to think of it now with the way the economy is. And yeah. it's not ever fun when you're forced and you are used to certain levels of comfort. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is, is that we all have to shift. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of people are. They really are. Right. One thing you can say about the United States is we are the most convenient country on earth. We are very convenient. When, when you say convenient, what do you mean convenient? <laughs> we'll get in the car and drive 10 miles. You know, we'll, um, we expect a very large variety to choose from. Oh. We expect it instantly. This is what we've had, you know, this is what we've had. I think um, we've gotten super spoiled. If it's spoiled, um, or it's just convenient, like let's say I'm not going to get on a bike in the middle of December and ride the 10 miles Mm -hmm. for two reasons. One is I think hit and runs are a blood sport here. (laughs) And, um, And the other is it's winter and it's icy. And, you know, I'm not going to ride a bike in those conditions. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and really most of the United States is like that. Certainly two thirds. Well, I mean, it's a great theory. There's a see it. But there's a statistic that I learned when I was leading sustainability trainings in the mid 90s. And that is that if everyone around the world was living the um, same level of Mm -hmm. um, comfort and housing as a middle-class American of the 90s was living, everyone around the world, mind you, we would need five planets to support that level of consumption. And so, you know, I don't want to harp on this too much because I would rather honestly focus on what's really beautiful that's happening on the Mm -hmm. planet. Um, to empower people to know that there's always something that we can do and there is a lot that we can do. And there are so many things happening in the multidimensional realms, which is hugely exciting that Mother Gaia is celebrating. Tell me about that, the multidimensional. Well, I mean, that's part of what I was referring to before about, Mm -hmm. for instance, the nature spirits who are coming out of hiding um, they really were hunkered in for a couple thousand years and the yeah. energies are getting higher and higher on the planet. 
Mm-hmm. And they're they're finding it safe now. They're realizing they can reemerge. I mean, unicorns, and I know this is out there for a lot of people, but maybe not for your listeners, is unicorns are actually having babies within our multidimensional realms for the first time in thousands and thousands of years because they feel it's safe for them to do that. There are all these dense energies and dense beings that continue to be cleared from the Earth's crust to allow the energies to rise higher and higher because they've been really controlling the energies and keeping Mm -hmm. them denser and darker. So, you know, a lot of what we're seeing right now with all this chaos on the part of the human realms um, is that the denser wounded emotional energies within our human population are all surfacing to be healed. I mean, Putin, the head of Russia, is it, is it really a classic example of the wounded masculine? Mm-hmm. You know, our, uh, and then there are other leaders that I could refer to like that too. But yeah, he's not alone these, in that. Yeah. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. but, but these behaviors are coming forward mm-hmm. so they can be cleared. And there Why are actually. Now, Why because now? Because this is the time. This is the time. We are shifting to what some call it the fifth world. We're shifting to the age of Aquarius. This is the time for a huge shift in the energies in the planet, and it's about full ascension. It's about us finally achieving what Earth was always meant to be, and that is a galactic outpost for spiritual consciousness. We we're always meant to achieve that. And, you know, the, the energetic blueprint for the planet when it was created got thwarted, and it is time now for it to be established again really Mm -hmm. established and and another thing that gives me great hope and again this is not in the news is there all these spiritual beings who are coming in from off planet to support the clearing to support the raising of the energies there are dragon teams coming in focused on earth um to help clear our ley lines which have all been affected and gotten clogged and made more dense and you know churches plunked on them and the vortex is being sat on and all of these things are happening and it's just really excited from those realms. So how do you love what how do you call it? love the new earth in? <laughs> <laughs> I love that that phrase. I have to say I do love it. Thank that you. Phrase. Thank you. It took yeah. a while to come up with that. Um well to me, my work is about we have to drop from our heads to our hearts. Mm-hmm. We have to reconnect with the love of Mother Gaia. And Mother is the ultimate healer. And she, I know this because she helped me heal from the cancer. Mm-hmm. And she's always healing. She's always healing wherever we give her the opportunity to heal, whether it be trees coming in through cracks in the pavement and in a rundown, derelict shopping center. She's healing that. Mm-hmm. And so loving the new earth in. You know, a significant part of it is actually first really learning to love ourselves. Because from that place, then we can emanate and offer love to others at a whole other level. Mm-hmm. But it's also about realizing that we exist in fields of love, that evolution has been an act of love from the very get-go, the very first cell here on the planet. And that Evolution has been coordinated from the very first cell evolving of powerful spiritual beings that have come in from other parts of the universe to help guide this planet to be 
a beautiful, beautiful, sacred planet of great diversity and very high spiritual vibration. And the trees have never left those realms. The trees are emanating love to us all the time. I mean, there are a few grumpy trees around. I've met a few, but I still still (laughs) love them, you know. But um, the nature spirits, most of them love us and are waiting for us to reconnect with them. Mm-hmm. And so, loving the new earth in is waking back up to the reality that we're surrounded by all this love and that our denser cultural ways, largely contributed by our Abrahamic religions, influenced by extraterrestrial you know, activities, has encouraged us to be really mired in our denser emotions, the mm-hmm. guilt, the fear, the shame. And we humans were never meant to live like that. I mean, my Cherokee teacher used to say to me, you know, you're supposed to wake up every morning and celebrate life. That is Mm -hmm. how they lived. When they were still in their villages, pre-settlers, pre-colonial times, Mm -hmm. most of these native tribes, they woke up every morning and they were celebrating life. They were like connecting with creator and mother and celebrating their existence. And yes, they had hard times, and then there were battles between different tribes. But but they had a whole different cosmology about the reverence and the love and the understanding that we're all part of the sacred web. Mm -hmm. We're not above or below anything. We're part of the sacred web. So that to me, and I actually lead a year-long course called The Great Mother Love Way, and it is about this, really opening up to this. And and when is you have this? Um, you have a new um, nonprofit. Yes, I'm actually launching a nonprofit right now. It's going to be called the Great Mother Love Way, mm-hmm. and it's going to be an umbrella sort of organization for everything that I do that Mother asked me to do. Because Mother asked me to lead the Great Mother Love Way year long course, and the next one actually is going to start next spring, mm-hmm. um, and. Then uh, she asked me to organize spiritual global grids. And one of them we were going to talk about, it's happening this weekend, yeah. which is the Thousand Goddesses Gathering Global Grid. Which is so, October 22nd, 2022, which right. I love the numbers right there. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> I thought, okay, we're going to do that on the 22nd because it's very sacred numerology. Right. And I'm not a numerology expert, but I just knew it was sacred. Right. Um now tell so me about the grid. This so. weekend, for those who are listening prior to this, um, mm-hmm. uh, 2022, October 22nd, and it's gonna it happens every year. It's a it's an annual global grid. Uh, there are ceremonies all over the world. And these are women coming together in sacred circle to and to drum and dance. And the message from mother for this focus this year was to um have us really have a party, have it be a global goddess party. Mm-hmm. And so to get our yayas out, because we've all been through so much over the past few years with the pandemic, et cetera. Yeah. So, and she even put the message out to me prior to that and wanted me to include it is to even keen if you feel called to do that. And I don't know if everybody knows what keening is, but that is to actually wail and release mm-hmm. those energies that are pent up. And when people grieve because they've lost a beloved, someone in their life they're very close to, some cultures still keen. The Irish do it. I think the they're Italians those. Italians do it. They, yeah. they rock and... and yep, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But it's incredibly healing. And so there's a lot of repressed energy. And so this weekend, October 22nd, 2022, 
and again next year we'll have another one um, mm-hmm. as to have a unified field of ceremonies all around the world and the spirit teams that support mother and the work I do for mother are going to be weaving these ceremonies together, the energies with them. And it's all about healing mother, healing ourselves, clearing more dense energies from the planet. Um, Mm. And actually also to activate Gaia's oneness grid, which is an energetic grid around the planet that we humans have been asked to focus on. And there's a free meditation on my website about Gaia's oneness grid. And what's your website? I know what it is. But- <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's marecromwell.com, M-A-R-E Cromwell.com. Okay, C-R-O-M-W-E-L-L. Yeah. Com. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. So now the grids, tell me about those. First of all, before I forget, this is called um, Thousand Goddesses, right? Thousand Goddesses Gathering Global Grid. Right. Okay. Yep. And um, tell me about that grid, though. And the grids more. You, you've mentioned them a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, this will be the sixth year we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And the very first two of them, uh, the first and second of them, I should say, were actual events on the Washington Mall. Mm-hmm. And this was, again, a request by mother. She woke me up at five in the morning and said this needs to happen. She'd already she, given she me. She is an early riser. <laughs> yeah. Well, she knows that she can get my ear on and I can't, I can't ignore her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so the first two events were on the Washington Mall as inviting as many women as possible and men as sacred guardians to mm-hmm. high ceremony on the Washington Mall. And so those were the first two events. But when we did those, there were other people in other locations that were like, we want to join in with you energetically that day. And I said, great. Mm-hmm. And after the first two, then I got permission from mother that I didn't need to have any more. I didn't need to organize any more of these on the Washington Mall, that now it was time to evolve that into a global grid of ceremonies around the world. And last year we had hundred more than 175 ceremonies in, I think, 28 countries and uh, there are ceremonial suggestions on the website. And the whole idea is for come together, be in sacred circle, or even like be by yourself and light a candle, be at your altar and join in. But mm-hmm. call in the divine feminine teams that you work with. Call in the Virgin Mary. Connect with Mother Gaia and her heart. Be grounded to her heart and raise the energy. Call in, you know, because when we call on these spiritual beings in ceremony, we are really bringing powerful healing energies into the planet. And some of these spiritual beings are around us already, but some are off planet, like the archangels, you know, mm-hmm. call on them. I love working with the archangels. They're part of my spirit team. But the more we do ceremony and call for this healing energy, the more we're helping to be nodes of healing energy that ripples out wherever we live. And so visualize that then as them all linked the same day around the world. So it's a unified field of healing energy that's divine feminine mm-hmm. and even protected by the divine masculine because we need to have the masculine as sacred guardians. And so I call on divine masculine, um, you know, spiritual beings too. Yeah. To keep it, there needs to be a balance in there as well. There or? really does. Yeah. There really does. And I learned that the hard way doing ceremony a number of years ago where all we were doing in ceremony was calling on the, the feminine teams, mm-hmm. divine feminine. And it was a five day ceremony. And after by day three, I was like crawling on the ground. I could barely move. 
and things were so off balance. And my <sighs> friend and I, who were co-leading it, um, we were like, we need to call in the masculine now. And that made such a difference. Oh, so, it did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Um, the ceremony, you talk about ceremony and how important ceremony is. That um, to 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 have ceremony, to call on ceremony. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about ceremony. Is, uh, does it have to be structured? Can it be unstructured? You know, a lot of people don't know what to do for a ceremony. Well, there are many different ways to do ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can speak to what I've learned. Um, ceremony to me is recognizing that we are one far more powerful than we realize Mm -hmm. and that we have spiritual beings who are serving mother Gaia's highest good for divine plan alignment. I always make that filter in. I put that in mother's highest good for divine plan alignment that we can call on spiritual beings to come in and join us in ceremony. And from that place, we can offer prayers we can sing, we can drum, we can dance, we can ask, and there's the key peaks. We ask these spiritual beings that we've called in to help us manifest a healing field that can travel around the planet. You know, ceremony could be done in Denver and be focused on healing a place in Canada because mm-hmm. these spiritual beings are incredibly powerful. And so if you're not sure who's on your spirit team, um, pretty much we all have ancestors. And I recommend we call on our ancestors serving the highest good. Call on them. I always call on my ancestors to help. And I feel them come forward. And sometimes they talk with me. And But the archangels love to be called on. You know, there are so many beautiful spiritual beings. A lot of people work with Kuan Yin the uh, goddess Mm -hmm. of compassion from Buddhism. The Virgin Mary is huge. She's far more powerful than we were ever taught in the Catholic Church. I call on her all the time. Mary Magdalene, we talked about Mary Mary Magdalene Magdalene a little bit before we got on. Yeah, And, And so the idea is that we have all these beautiful spiritual beings that want to help us, but it's universal law that they will not come forward to help us Unless we ask, they have to have permission. Unless it's an emergency situation, like an accident's about to happen, and sometimes they'll come in and they'll protect you. Mm-hmm. But pretty much, you know, it's universal law. They need to be asked. The request has to come out from us. And the ceremonies need to be from our heart. Mm-hmm. It's really important from our hearts. And I always, you know, my focus is, you know, and grounded to mother's heart so that everything we're doing is feeding her too. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and at the same time, where I grew up Catholic, the ceremonies in the Catholic Church, I think, are phenomenal. But you can do the same ceremonies with the God, with the Virgin Mary, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because the pageantry in the Catholic Church is just amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and oh, some yes. of the ceremonies yeah. are amazing. So you don't really have to leave your, your religion or anything else to incorporate this. Yeah, it's true. I um, The hard thing for me is that Christianity has done so much harm. So much harm. Yeah. That, you know, again, my lens on ceremony is that we need to do ceremony that's going to be offering healing. 
mm-hmm. and healing for Mother Gaia, healing for ourselves, healing for our wounded emotional selves, our wounded inner child, um, to clear the guilt, to clear the shame, to clear a lot of the dogma that we all were um, inculcated into by growing up in a Christian faith. Mm-hmm. There's so much punishment and, and judgment. And, right. You know, it just, somebody said, uh, told me years ago that the Catholic Church is paganism. Um, well, no, paganism is Catholic Church with joy. <laughs> you know, that oh the gosh. ceremonies are there with joy. And it's about life, Interesting. where the Catholic Church is about death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, no. when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Catholic Church yeah. is about next time, you know, after you leave. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, uh, pagan and, or the earth religions are about joy and about now and life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and celebrating it uh, right, hugely. And right. um, yeah, we could talk for a long time about Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we want to and go Unfortunately, there we're going to have to stop now, you know, um, and I want to make sure that everybody knows where to get hold of you. And we mentioned it during the show, but I'd like you to mention again what you have coming up on Saturday. And, and can we all, let's say, can I find a place in Denver? Or if not, can I come on and do it through Zoom? Or how do I participate? Yeah, Um you first of all, you can look on the Global Grid map on the homepage and see if there's an event in the Denver area. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's off the top of my head. There may be. Uh, another option is I'm going to be co-leading uh, a ceremony with the co-host for the um, Global Grid this year, Emmy Mutalia, Feminine Revered. We're going to be doing a Zoom ceremony on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you can mm-hmm. register for that. Um, we do invite donations for that just because there's a lot of time and energy into all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is happening this Saturday. Yes. Okay, great. And on mayorcromwell.com. Yes, you, you can find okay. the information. Well, the actual website for the Global Grid, the Thousand Goddesses Gathering, is the number 1000 and then goddesses.net. Okay. Yeah, and I I do want to mention also that for those who are really interested in my work, uh, you can go to my website and there's uh, a couple, there are two different free uh, visualizations, activations, and one of them is Mother's Love Cord, and that is to create a really powerful, beautiful connection with Mother Gaia and her heart that will open you up to her healing energy. So that's on my homepage. And then the other one is the Gaia's Oneness Grid, which is a powerful clearing, healing, uh, visualization, activation, where you're calling on these beautiful um, spiritual beings from off the planet that's uh, the oneness, the family of oneness within our universe. Connect with them and then ask them to send their luminous love through you into Mother's heart and out into the planet. It's very powerful. You know something? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. Oh, you know, one thing I missed and we didn't get on to are the miracles, which you talked about the miracles and and, um, just coming from mother, that the miracles that she sent you. One was, you know, she will pay for your trip (laughs) to the beach. (laughs) Yes. But, you know, you talked about the miracles all around you, but we do have to close. It's like, oh, I'll just hang that out there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for those who want to read more about all of those Mm -hmm. adventures and their ongoing is that's the Great Mother Bible book. 
Right. And mother told me that the book had to be that title. And that was one of those times when I balked and I said, I can't write a book that's called Great Mother Bible. <laughs> you know, that's too big. <laughs> yeah. She just kept on saying, you're the one. All you need to do is listen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people and can read they that. they can get that more. from your website, on your website? Yeah, on my website or any other place, you know, where you purchase books. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much for being on. There's lots to talk about, but no time. But thanks so much for being here. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Barb. It's been a treat. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend. One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com.